It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing and our continuing Supernatural celebration with what I'm sure will be a relatively short episode. (laughs) Wink, wink, Um, where we will discuss the Andrew Dabb era. So those are the final four seasons of Supernatural, 12, 13, 14, and 15. And we are very briefly going to touch on the finale. We're not really going to get into that too much on this episode since I'm doing a special finale episode. So we won't really touch on that too much. But, of course, spoilers for the finale, too, will probably be on here. Um, But before we get into that, just a quick housekeeping note. We are taking listener support for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month. Um, If you're interested in supporting the show, please go to the link in the show notes or go to our anchor page and click on listener support. And as I've stated before, 50% of whatever you donate to us will be going to one particular Black Lives Matter organization per month. And as I've stated, the one for November is 5280 Black Lives Matter, which is local to Colorado. So that's why I chose that one. And if you have any organizations you would like us to highlight that you think we should possibly donate to, please feel free to let us know via social media or email. Okay, so let's get into everyone introducing themselves first and telling me one thing that they're into in pop culture right now. And Carla, who has not been on for, I don't know, 2,000 years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't been on a long time. I know she's been busy with her own podcast with Meg. Um, but Carla, what are you into right now, pop culture? Um, I've been binging Heart of Dixie for the last couple of weeks after five years of Meg aggressively suggesting yes! that I watch it. I told so, you it's such a medium show. It is medium quality, um, <laughs> <laughs> brainless fun. Uh, but it, it's been kind of a, a good thing to dive into after the finale that I will not talk about very much. <laughs> I've never watched it, so maybe someday I'll give it a shot. <laughs> but I did to see, watch. I, I did see the excitement. From that, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not it's saying of, it's a good show. It's a medium quality show. It's a medium show. It's a it, it's a feel good. Low stakes, medium quality. Yes. 
Well, that's the way I felt when you when Carla let me know she was watching Dexter. That's the way I felt. <laughs> and if Carla ever lets me know she's watching Queers Folk or anybody else that hasn't watched it, I will just, you know, be doing a cheer. That's a lot of pressure because I will be expected to say high quality. Well, I, I would expect <laughs> there are issues with the show, but I would still be like, OK, if she doesn't like this, then we're no longer friends. But <laughs> And um, the other Aaron, Aaron A., what are you into? Hello. Um, I've, besides the obvious of finales and things, um, I've been watching The Crown on Netflix. Season four just came out, I think, recently. And then we discovered this new show on Netflix called The Repair Shop, and I love it so much. Um, people bring in, like, these broken old family heirlooms to this, like, delightful, adorable little, like, British repair shop, and they fix them up and tell you the story and stuff, and it's just, like, really heartwarming and sweet, and it makes me happy. Yeah, I haven't even heard of that one, um, and I haven't watched The Crown either, but interesting little thing that um, everyone in the world can laugh at me when they hear this. I had no idea that Gillian Anderson was originally from London. Um, <laughs> She's not. Well, England. She's originally from England. She's not. That's what she said in an interview on Terry Gross that I just listened to. And oh, then and then they moved here. And then they moved here when she was a teenager. They moved to the United States. Oh, because the way – okay, back in the X-Files days <laughs> – my understanding was that she was from here. Her family moved to England when she was young. And then at 13, they moved back here. Oh, okay. So maybe so that's what it was. Like. Yeah, like, don't question my Jillian Anderson trivia. <laughs> well, that's what she made it. She made it sound. Sarah Gross made it sound like when she was interviewed. I don't Sorry, care what Jillian herself said to Terry Gross. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that based on something that I read back in the 90s. Because her accent was so thick. And I'm like. Wait a minute. She's speaking with an accent. I guess she goes back and forth. Anyway, sorry, guys. That's totally off topic here. But I was blown away when I was listening to it the other day. Um, anyway, and Meg? Uh, yeah. So I, because I was preparing for both the finale and for for these recordings, I've been watching a lot of Supernatural um, but other than that, I've been reading a lot of fan fiction again, like especially in the past couple of days, there have been some some much needed fluff and angsty and fix it fix that I've been really diving into. Yeah, yeah, I bet I haven't checked out any, but I should do that. There's like 174 just well, that's, that's from a lot of reading Thursday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and Paula. Oh, I've been <laughs> I've been sadly lacking on keeping up with my pop culture recently. Um, I'm looking forward to catching up on season two of The Boys, especially knowing Jensen's going to be on next season. I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be so good. I would like to know how much the ratings for The Boys went up after they announced that Jensen Ackles was going to be in season three. I'm very curious. Oh, it I know had that. to have gone it up. It doubled. It doubled? Yeah. I'm not surprised oh. at all. No. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's, I, that's I cool. just saw an article about it. Yeah, yeah, I love I love the boys. I absolutely love that show so much. It's a great um, show. And then finding out he's going to be on there just made it even better. Yes, yes, I I agree. I agree. I, I might actually get all of them watched by the time he gets on there. I'm very slowly <laughs> doing it. Stop lying. <laughs> well, it is I, a I watched one episode, so that's very slowly. <laughs> I, I want to. I, I liked it. I'm just. 
It's a lot. <laughs> so this is Aaron. And what I'm into is last night I watched the Hulu original film Run, which stars Sarah Paulson and newcomer Kira Allen. And it's very much your, you know, mom. And this is not a spoiler because it pretty much is revealed in the first 10 minutes. But a mom who's probably got Munchausen by proxy because um, she's taking care of her daughter who is in a wheelchair and has asthma and has all these other um, ailments and her daughter is about to go to college and so and her daughter starts finding things out about her mom and it was just really it was a really good thriller it's done by the same person who did the uh, movie searching which I don't know if anybody else saw that but that was a really good movie as well and what is so great about this and I found out afterwards is Kira Allen who is absolutely spectacular um, they were the filmmakers were determined that they were going to cast someone who was disabled to play this role, someone that was actually in a wheelchair to play this role. And that is very rare. I think I read an article where the last time that happened in a lead in this in a thriller um, was, I think, in the 40s. So that is way too long. Um, and I guess there were a lot of actresses that were lying and saying they were in wheelchairs and auditioning for this. And then the producers would find out on their Instagram that they were not, which is total ableism. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to the film for that because it's very rare because like I've mentioned before, people don't seem to think that ableism is a problem, honestly, um, in Hollywood. And it really is. So, yeah, so that was just really cool to see. And she's a spectacular actress. I mean, she, I mean, I love Sarah Paulson, but she really owns that movie. So I recommend that one. Okay. So let's get into the dab era. Um, and of course, Andrew Dab took over in season 12. Um, and the big thing that started season 12 was Mary Winchester had returned from the dead. So what were your initial thoughts about Mary, Carla? Um, I wasn't sure what to make of her at first. Like I, I was happy for, for Dean because, you know, he gets to see his mother again and um, she was so important to him and, and such a big part of why they ended up with the lives that they had, even though we come to find out that that's not at all what she wanted for them, but um, that's where they ended up. And <clears throat> I ended up kind of disappointed in Mary and it wasn't because she wasn't the the mother that four-year-old Dean's brain had preserved as like this perfect person um, who could do no wrong um, or because of the choices she made because a lot of them made sense to me as a parent myself you know thinking that what would happen if I came back just from one day to another I'm uh, my child is 33 years older and has lived a life that was exactly what I did not want for him. Um, and it, you know, all of that and all of modern stuff is gotta be overwhelming for anybody. But what I, the, the thing that was disappointing for me is that she was brought back supposedly as a gift for Dean in exchange for him kind of mediating between her, between Amara and Chuck, but there was no real, gift feeling from it other than th those couple of minutes when Dean thought that he was happy to have her back in his life and then a couple of seasons of misery as they're trying to reconcile their new existence um, together apart as she took the time that she needed to come to grips with everything that was happening so um, and also 
you know, Sam Smith is, is wonderful in many regards, but I thought that she was a little too soft-spoken and too, uh, I don't know, yeah, I, I guess too soft-spoken and, and too gentle in a way. And it, it was hard kind of uh, connecting this new Mary that we're presented with, who is, you know, this amazing hunter and, you know, all of this stuff with this person that we have in front of us. And I don't know, it, it just, a lot of it just didn't make sense to me. Like I couldn't really connect with her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I totally forgot to ask you, Carla, because you haven't been on any of the previous Supernatural episodes. I forgot to ask you how long you've been watching, what got you into the show. So if you want to just tell us that quickly. Yeah, I've been watching for five years, five very intense, intense, intense years. Uh, and what got me into it was that you were talking about it on Twitter and um, and also on Facebook. And I was like, okay, I, I just, you know, I need some show to have on in the background while I do my workouts in the afternoon. And we put it on. It like, oh, okay, I could just watch this. It's silly. I'll just, you know, do some exercise while it's on. And eventually, like, I'm standing there in my in my uh, sneakers and my workout clothing, just staring at the TV. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll watch this not while I'm trying to work out because apparently that's not gonna get me anywhere. And then I just became obsessed and went to the cons and um, and participated in Gishwas and you know just had the whole fandom experience just poof, explode into my life. I love that. And and Aaron, your thoughts on Mary? I was excited at first when Mary showed up. Well, first of all, like that's a super weird gift, right? Is like, here's your dead mom. So that whole thing seemed like a little weird. And if supernatural status didn't think sometimes people coming back from the dead doesn't work out well. Um, so I think I was excited because I thought it was going to be like, you know, she was going to be part of the family and stuff and I was a little disappointed as time went on how she kind of like essentially abandoned them again um to go do her thing and find herself or whatever she needed to do um so I have up and down feelings about Mary um I think in the end I ended up liking her though I think it was a good storyline and I, I appreciate it and Meg yeah it was kind of the same as as Aaron and Carlin is I I when she first appeared I remember I I defended her um a lot to people who were like she's not the best she's a horrible mom blah 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 I'm like well she her kids are four and a baby and these are two grown men and that's quite the adjustment to try and make um around the time of stuck in the middle with you when she went behind everyone's back and worked with the British Men of Letters and that is one of my favorite episodes of the show but around that is when I really had a a hard turn against Mary for a while um then as time went by I kind of softened myself a little bit to her as and getting to know her as a character more and yeah I mean by the time she died, I wasn't like super sad, honestly, that that Mary died. Um, I was sad for Dean and Sam to go through, or especially Dean, because Sam was a baby when she died, but to go through that loss again, and for Sam to go through that loss for the first time with this with a parent dying. Um, yeah, so 
that's about it. Paula? I was actually really excited to see Mary come back um, just for the fact that I think, I mean, I know later on Amara kind of clarified why she brought Mary back, but I always kind of saw it as it was giving Dean a chance to get closure and resol- you know, resolve um, what happened when he was a child um, to give him that, that opportunity to just kind of reconcile with her. Um, and I was kind of the same way as it went on. Um, I, I kind of had a mixed feelings about her um, as some, as, as someone who as an adult also became estranged from my mother. Um, it was kind of an emotional storyline for me personally. Um, but I was glad that they did it because you def you got more, um, I, I think they did it really well. There was times I definitely disliked her um, because of the choices she made, especially when she was working with the men of letters and going behind their backs. Um, but I'm but I'm still glad that they that they brought her into the storyline and gave gave uh, Sam and Dean both a chance to get to know her. And like I said, um, Dean to resolve or reconcile with her and and kind of have that um, closure in his life. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts on Mary, so bear with me here about this. Um, I was thrilled when Mary came back. I was so excited because I was I thought if they would bring any parent back again, it'd be John again and snooze, in my opinion. Um, so when I saw Mary was back, I was like, this is going to be amazing. We don't really know Mary at all, so we just know the fantasy version of Mary and a little bit of Mary before she married John when she was a hunter, you know, in season four, we saw that. So I was really excited about it. I liked her for the first two episodes. Um, And I always thought of Mary as being very similar to Dean and John being very similar to Sam. Um, And that kind of changed as we got to know Mary. Um, And I, I understand she was in shock she had been pulled from heaven. She had only known her boys when they were boys. But as someone who has had a parent leave not once but twice, and the second time it was when I was an adult, it hurts more. And it hurts in a different way when you're an adult, when a parent leaves. And when when she left, it was not so much that she left or the reasons. I could understand that. It was the way it was handled. It was very cold. It was very cruel, in my opinion. Um, it was, it was, and, and I think it's because we love these boys. And for me, it was harder watching Dean go through it than Sam, of course, for me. Um, it was, it was very painful to watch. I was very angry. I instantly hated Mary. I was like, I don't even care about her anymore. I don't like her. Um, that changed later. I started liking her a little bit more later in later seasons. And then I was very pissed when they killed her and I already didn't like Jack. And so that made me just despise Jack. Um, but I, so I was, I was, you know, so I kind of changed, but in the beginning it was very hard for me to like her because of the way she left them. She always seemed so cold anyway and distant. And I understand she's going through a lot, but I think what the show should have done is they should have shown her going through that stuff instead of just having her say stuff and then it be kind of this cold and wooden persona. You know, I would have loved to have seen her, you know, look at John's journal and see what John did to her boys and cope with that and deal with that and maybe explore those memories with her sons 
um, get to know them and get to know the life they've been leading. And they probably just didn't want to do that because they didn't want to pay her to be on the show that much. But to me, that's lazy writing. Um, and it just would have been more interesting. So I think it was just a lost opportunity. Um, and it just, it, it just really, really hurt me. And it hurt me for Dean. I will say the scene, um, towards the end of season 12, when Dean goes into Mary's brain mind, when she's under the mind control from the regimental letters and he goes in there and he, I just was rewatching it and he is confronting her and telling, tells her, I hate you. And yet I love you. Who did that ring true to me? That's, I mean, oh, God, that was like, oh, cut to my heart there, because that is something that for me personally, and I know a lot of people that have been abandoned by parents, that's what you think. That's what you feel is you hate them, yet you still love them and you hate that you love them at the same time. It's like this thing you cannot help. Um, you know, another great example, and I, I know this seems like a tangent, but it, it to me it's done in the same kind of way as in the film Magnolia when Tom Cruise's character, who he should have won an Academy Award for that. Anyway, when he is at the bedside of his dying father and he just says, I hate you, don't go. I hate you, don't go. I hate you, don't go over and over again. And he's crying. And it's so true because that's what you feel. And it's very rare. It's very rare that you see that, I think, in media portrayed that way where it's kind of simple and it's kind of toned down where he wasn't yelling at her. He wasn't being mean or cruel. He was just speaking his mind and crying and upset. And I think that was the scene once Mary took that in and saw Dean. And then when she broke out of that and used her own free will and free and, you know, came to shoot the other British men of letters, um, and get them free. That's when I started liking Mary um, because I think she took that in and she was like, okay, I've got to become a better mom. I still wish they had utilized her better, but yeah. And Mary. Yeah. One of the things I actually really appreciated about what the show did with Mary and, and I didn't, I got really angry with her, but I really appreciated showing that she was more than just um, a mom that because, and it's so often that, if you're a parent or and especially if you're a mother, that's pretty much your identity. And I, that's something that she made awful mistakes. Absolutely. She made, and she made terrible choices. Um, but I really appreciated that she was shown to be a whole person um, and not just a parent to Sam and Dean. Um, I thought that was fairly well done. I agree with you, Erin. I would have liked to see her kind of go through that and go through that grief process and adjustment a little bit more than her just taking off because that was awful. Um, but I did appreciate how they, it wasn't, she wasn't perfect. She wasn't what Dean had always kind of imagined his mom would be. And I actually really appreciated that. And later in I think in season 15, Amara tells Dean that that was the reason why. Um, so he could see his mom as a whole person and not as this sepia-toned fantasy that he had when you're four. Because when you're a kid, your parents are gods. Um, and to have her knocked off that pedestal for him, I think he was he was not happy about it, but I think it was really good for his growth as a character and as a person. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Paula. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I agree with that. And um, I really think what you're saying with that scene where he was confronting her and telling her, I hate you. I hate you, but I love you. That scene was so hard to watch and it, it makes me emotional just thinking about it. But I think that's where they really got <clears throat> that closure and were able to reconcile and move forward. And that was a real turning point for both of them. And that's like you said, that's where. I started to appreciate Mary again, because up to that point, um, you know, not just that she had left the first, she didn't leave just once, but she left them twice when she got trapped in the alternate universe. And she told them that she was going to stay. I wanted to throw something at my television and say, how could you do that to them again? <laughs> and in that, that particular moment, I really hated her, but getting to see them in that scene, was a real turning point for, for, for all three of them, actually, because they were able to move forward from there and, and build a relationship. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. It was one of the few things that I liked <laughs> about most of that season. Um, well, let's, the other big thing of the season, one of them, is uh, British Men of Letters. <laughs> so I want to get everybody's thoughts on the British Men of Letters, Carla. I am so glad that you have given me an opportunity to voice how much I hated the men of letters because I hated, hated, hated the British men of letters. I hated them so much. They sucked. They sucked so hard. They sucked. I don't care how many cool gadgets they had. They sucked so hard. Every one of them. I hated Ketch. I hated Bevel. I even hated Mick, even though I didn't mind Mick after a while when he became kind of like a goodish guy. And then they killed him just as he's becoming like an actual asset. And again, did I mention the, the gadgets because the gadgets are really cool? Those could have stayed and I would have been perfectly happy to have the gadgets. But the people, gone, hated their lousy accents, their horrible attitude, their absolute superiority and smugness. And I hated that for all of their sneering at the way that the U.S. hunters went about their business and they were like, oh, they're so unrefined and they're so backwards and they're so ugh, American. And like, but they had no mercy. They were merciless, horrible, horrible uh, people-ish type things. And they didn't uh, really, they, they didn't use the same methods that Dean and Sam encouraged, which is look at the whole thing, not just at the problem at hand. It's not just, oh, there's a nest of vampires. It's okay, it's a nest of vampires, but are they killing people? Or are they, you know, trying to stay alive through other means? Are, are they being a Benny or are they being an alpha? I don't know, man, let's go find out. But no, it's just, let's go out there and kill all of these monsters. And look, shut up, Lady Bevel. Just sit down, have a moment, and think about these things before you just go out there with your fun gadgets, which you can give us and then leave. And just like, you know, go and sip your tea and maybe die. So that, those are my thoughts on the British Men of Letters. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, Aaron? How how do I even follow that? I just, <laughs> Carla dropped the mic and we're all done. Left it all on the table, baby. Right. Um, well, like, first of all, who are these people? Where did they come from? And why have they not been helping this whole entire time? I don't understand how they're so judgmental about the way that the American hunters are doing it whenever, okay, sure. You've got all of the UK locked down, but um, you're much smaller. And these two poor brothers are trying to save the whole entire world with no help from you. 
So I don't know. I think it was like weird storyline. Again, like they did have cool toys, but I don't, yeah, they were kind of not helpful. And in some situations, they were just as bad as like the monsters that they were trying to fight, like not caring about the collateral damage. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, catch was not like my favorite person at all, even once he started to become a good person. Um, and whatever they did to Mary, I think was not fair as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was like so random to throw them in there whenever no one's ever heard of them before. It just seemed like a really weird storyline. Yeah. yeah, Meg. Um, at first off, Carla, I'm so proud of your British accent. I can tell you've been practicing. Oh, I have. Uh, Thank you for noticing. I won't do mine because well, I won't do my exaggerated crazy one. Um, so as far as the British Rental Letters go, I have such mixed emotions about them because I, too, hated them. They were ruthless. Um, Catch was obviously a sociopath. Um, I did, however, find them to be a really, really interesting foil to Sam and Dean and what they do. Like, I... I won't say that like I was excited about the storyline or I liked I liked them or anything like that. It's funny because Twelve has some of my favorite episodes um, from the show in it, and a lot of those are directly tied into the British Men of Letters there. So I'm like, well, if they weren't there, then this this episode couldn't have happened. So I kind of dig that. Um, I thought it was very interesting to see that they were just as bad as the monsters that monsters that they were hunting, and the comparison, like I said, but with them. Uh, between them and Sam and Dean and how kind of it made me appreciate Sam and Dean and what they did even more because yeah, great. You have the whole UK locked down and you have all these wards everywhere. But like, like Aaron said, it's, it's small. It's a small place. <laughs> I've been there and it's, it's amazing to see kind of the idea that you could even do that in America to have all those warnings over every bridge and tunnel to get into the con like it's it's insane to me. Um but yeah, they they were not I don't know. I like I said, I have mixed feelings. There's stuff that I really enjoyed about that season and about that kind of fight that that Sam and Dean had, and I loved that none of the American hunters trusted them at all. I thought that was really cool. Um and I'm yeah, I don't know. I'm going to just second what Carla said and then also be like, but they were had, they had some fun storylines. <laughs> Paula. I was really disappointed when we first, you know, when the boys first found the bunker and you find out that they're legacies to this organization you know, you didn't know much about him. It was pretty secretive. You, we weren't sure, is the American bunker, was that the only one? Is there more out there? And then you find out, yeah, this is part of a bigger organization. And Lady Bevel even said that they had been follow, they'd been following what Sam and Dean had been doing since the first apocalypse. Well, where the hell were they? Why weren't they helping? They have all these, like you said, they had all these gadgets, all of this um information you know wealth of knowledge that the boys didn't have access to for all these years they could have been helping to avert so many things 
and they just took a hands-off approach, well, how can they how can they blame the American hunters when they don't have the same resources? And they just yeah, it you know I was I was really happy when uh, Sam and the other hunters went and took those took those folks down because they deserved it. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have much at all to add. <laughs> I, I want to say ditto pretty much to everything. Um, and I think Carla's accent is better than some of the ones we heard. <laughs> Isn't that sad? <laughs> they said, but I will say I, this is this is a total positive just about the actor. I think David Hayden Jones is one of the sweetest actors this show has ever had. Um, I had no interest in him because I didn't care about Catch until the Denver Supernatural, the last Denver convention. And when he spoke, I was like, you are one of my favorite people. And then he even wrote me this thing on Twitter when I was talking about writing and being inspired and because he was talking about writing. And I was like, you're just so cool. So I have to say, even though I didn't like the British Men of Letters and I – didn't really like catch. I love David Hayden Jones. So that's all I have to say. <laughs> so I just, I just put this on this out, the outline just like two seconds ago, because I'm like, I can't believe I didn't think of talking about this. Um, so Lucifer of course is still around because this show just wants to make Lucifer happen and nobody uh, it's just anyway. So another big storyline here that leads into a character that will be featured for the rest of the show is Lucifer impregnating Kelly Klein and knocking her up with his baby, <laughs> um, who ends up being Jack. So what did what did you think of that storyline, Carla? I absolutely hated it. I I have written actually this whole thing about it, and I have it posted on my like my personal WordPress, because I'm quaint like that, um, about how it just felt really kind of rapey. And I, uh, because it's under the false premises that she's sleeping with the president and it's actually a whole other person or entity, I guess. Um, I also didn't like that all of these uh, men types were trying to make a decision about what's going on in her body. And, you know, I get that he's the son of Lucifer and everything, but she's not given any real option. They're like, Hi, nice to meet you. Your baby has to die. And we're here to help you with that. And that's not that's not okay. You know, I within the, the, the story itself, I get that he's Lucifer's son, but if you're if you have even, you know, a remote idea of, of what you're doing in this uh period of time as how it affects uh women and uh well not just women, but people who can get pregnant and people who uh, who are trying to make decisions for their own bodies, what happens in their uterus, it was absolutely out of line. And I absolutely hated that. Hated that. Uh, I think if they were going to do it, there must have been other approaches they could have taken. Um, I, I, I was not a fan at all of the conception or of the execution of the pursuit of Kelly's Lucifer baby um, being destroyed. So that that's what I absolutely hated about it. And I, I think that colored a lot of how I felt about, about Jack initially. But, you know, for now, I'll, I'll leave it as that, that, um, that that bothered me enough that it, uh, it really turned me off from the show in a lot of ways. And uh, I, uh, like, for all of the, the good things that the Dab era brought to Supernatural, it's also the era in which I quit Supernatural for a while, which, you know, I quit in um, 
quotation marks because I was still watching it. And I like to say that that I was only watching it because Meg was doing write-ups on it for the Game of Nerds. And so I was bedding, uh, editing her write-ups. And I was like, I just want to know what's going on so that I know what to what to edit. But no, no, I still wanted to know just out of petty curiosity. But yeah, it, it really, like, in my heart is one of the things that turned me off from it. And Aaron? That's, that's like a really interesting perspective that I hadn't thought of Carla so I appreciate that um I don't know why it never occurred to me I guess um I do think like it was unfortunate that yeah everyone was saying well the baby is bad and can't do this and stuff and she kept telling them like I can feel I can feel that he's not bad you know because he is half angel like you know it's all about how you raise them right but I like it that it brought us Jack because I do really like Jack and I think the Castiel being like the caretaker of her was really sweet. Um, and yeah, no, now I just can't stop thinking about everything you just said, Carla. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of uh, what Carla said. And Carla and I have actually talked about this specific storyline at length so I find myself drawing a blank of the stuff that we kind of talked about um yeah hopping into reproductive rights is not really something I need supernatural to be doing (laughs) um I I get tired of literally any storyline that has Lucifer in it I just I don't care about Lucifer I don't want to see Mark Pellegrino on my screen. I don't want to see Lucifer continuing to come back over and over and over again. It's tired and lazy and incredibly frustrating. That all being said, I love the Jack storyline. I love Jack. Um, I'm not sure how to get there to Jack personally, like right now in my own brain, Without having to have Lucifer at some point in there, because gross. Anyway, um, <laughs> I actually really found myself really liking Kelly herself as a character. I really enjoyed watching that story grow, and I love, like Aaron said, I love that everyone was like, "This baby is evil. It has to be evil." And she's like, "No, I can tell. I can tell. I can feel it." And then it was one of the most frustrating things for me watching Dean just be like she's being manipulated and having absolutely no respect for the idea that Kelly actually has a brain and (laughs) is able to, to just, I don't know. That's, that's kind of all I have on that. I don't know what's going on with my head today. (laughs) Um, Paula. Um, that whole storyline was just gross. I mean, I, I liked the Lucifer storyline when when it first was brought up in in the first seasons, but by this time I was so over it. We we didn't need to keep seeing him. We don't need to keep bringing him back. And one of the things, you know, all all the other points that have been brought up, but also the fact that it really was they did some horrible things to Crowley's character in response to bringing Lucifer back. Um when um 
when they were trying to get Lucifer out of the president and Crowley was helping them. And it took this weird turn where now he's, he's trapping Lucifer. Crowley is smarter than that. He would never have done that. And that just infuriated me. And, and there was just no redeeming that storyline for me for, for all of the reasons that have been stated. Yeah. Like I said before, what um, Dab did to Crowley is one of a hundred billion things that I hate Dab for. Um, you know, I will just say right off, people are going to not like me on this because, and probably a lot of my panelists <laughs> isn't going to like me because I am not a fan of Dab. I think his era is absolutely horrible. For most of it, after season 12, I had to really, really force myself to watch it. It was kind of like what Carla was saying, where I was like, I'm going to quit this show, but I couldn't because of Dean. Um, even though I hate everything they did to Dean. Um, so I just, I'm just not a fan. And I think this was just BS and stupid. Um, and it, it goes to an issue that Supernatural has always had, which is consent. They've always had an issue with that. And this is, this was a big, a big, big, big red flag. Um, one thing I will say is I do agree. I, I liked Kelly too. Um, I think the actress Courtney Ford is a really good actress. She was on the best season of television ever season four of Dexter. And she was so good in that season. Um, you know, and she went through a lot of ups and downs, her character in that and her final reveal, which I won't say, um, was really, really well done and really interesting. So I liked watching her. Um, I just didn't really care for the storyline. And like everyone has said, I Lucifer is stupid. I mean, they had so much they could have done. They could have focused on Mary and Mary discovering her history with her boys or made the British men of letters better or something. They That's the problem is they keep wanting to add like 20 billion storylines and they don't need to do that. Meg? Yeah, I wanted to kind of add on to this because it feels like the Lucifer Kelly storyline, you mentioning the consent thing, it feels like this was like they were like, what are the most problematic things that we can really try and fuck around with? Um, and they're like, OK, messing around with women's bodies. Check. Let's let's do that. Consent issues. Check. Um, let's also not forget the untrigger warning uh, suicide in the opening what um i can't even remember what episode it was um but it that was horrifying and i i i forgot about it kind of until fairly recently because i was re-watching it and then i then because i'm real cool i went and read my review of that episode that i watched to see if i was as mad as and then as i am now spoiler i was um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like they found every single thing they could they could possibly do to make this as uncomfortable for their female viewers, I think especially, as possible. Um, and it's so frustrating, especially because mental health is such an important part of the supernatural fandom. It's like it's a huge part of it I think a lot of people who watch Supernatural watch it as kind of to help them with their own mental health issues and to help them with that and to have that suicide without a trigger warning was gross um and it still doesn't have it on Netflix or anything like that either in case you guys are wondering <laughs> I 
had totally forgotten all about that until you just said that. So I obviously didn't rewatch all to see all of the episodes. Sorry. No, 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 no. It's fine because I had totally forgotten about that. It's a good point. Thank you, um, Paula. Yeah, I had forgotten about that too, and I just want to say it was not just gross, but it was completely irresponsible, especially given yes. the fact that how how um, how important mental health is in the fandom. It's just completely irresponsible on the writer's part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to a character that I absolutely love and one of the best things that came out of season 12, and that's Billy. So what are your thoughts on Billy, Carla? I I didn't love the way she was introduced, but I love Billy. I, I thought that, um, I mean, even when they decided that she was going to be evil and that, you know, they were going to end up killing her off by sucking her up into the empty, I still loved her. You know, she's... Um, I think in part because she was one of the very few people of color, particularly women of color, particularly dark skinned women of color, who uh, dark skinned black women, not women of color, who was allowed to live beyond an episode or two um, and who was uh, given actually a substantial role with really um, game changing things to do. It wasn't just uh, diversity for the sake of of diversity and then boom, she's gone. Like most of their other characters who are black indigenous and people of color um, and also uh, gay characters. If we're throwing that in there, cause we should, um, I thought, you know, it was remarkable how part of the reason that she was around so much was because Lisa Berry herself is so magnetic. And um, I know that, that uh, Jared has said that he told Jensen at some point that after the first time that he had a scene with her, he was like, yeah, she's coming back. She's going to have to come back because they just really loved working with her. But Billy herself, such an interesting character because you never really knew what was going on with her, where her allegiances lay, um, what the the consequences would be of the actions that the boys took that undermined hers. I mean, you got to admit, she probably... You know, it's pretty reasonable for her to be salty at Cass after he stabs her in the back. I'm like, okay, I get it. All right, you have to take it out on him because it's not a nice thing to do. But I, she really, ha- she brought a lot to the table and to the show itself. And I'm just grateful that she got to stick around in the ways that she did. Yeah, and quick, quick correction on my part, and I apologize. She was not brought on in this season. She was brought on in a season 11. I just think she played a bigger role in the last four seasons. So that's why I want to talk about her here, because of course she was, you know, in the season finale of season 11. So I apologize, everybody. Um, Aaron, your thoughts on Billy? Well, that's a really good point. Cause I really like Billy and I think, yeah, it's hard to remember a time when she wasn't around. She's just so great. Um, it's hard to believe that we went 11 seasons without her. Um, Cause I, I don't, I think she's a great actress and she, it's a really interesting character. And I'm actually kind of sad that she wasn't around more. Um, I think she makes a great death. I don't even, I mean, the old death is nothing compared to Billy, I think. So yeah, she's, she's very good. I like it. Meg. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed I absolutely love Billy. Lisa Berry's a gem. Um, I loved Billy as a Reaper. 
I loved how just done she was with Sam and Dean and how she I actually think she came in the beginning of season 11 like she was she came about I think in the premiere not the finale of season 11 uh, because she was singing in the hospital with everyone with the darkness veins all over their their neck from Amara Um, but I loved that she hated Sam and Dean, but she saw them as a necessary evil once she became death. And I actually never saw Billy as evil. I never, even, even at the very, very end, I never really saw Billy as evil. She is pragmatic. (laughs) Um, and she just doesn't like the Winchesters and who can really blame her for not liking team free will. These people keep messing with the natural order of things constantly. And that's what her whole thing is about is she is a very orderly person or person reaper, um, an entity. And I, I really liked that. I, again, it was one of those things where she had to work with the Winchesters from time to time. And she was so, resentful of ever having to work with them and she was so pissed when she became death and i love that she was mad when she became death that she they have to live in order to fulfill all of these other things um with her bigger picture and i just i agree with aaron i would love to have seen more of her i just think she was fantastic one of the things i really love about supernatural is when someone fits like a a character fits they fit so seamlessly that we can't imagine them not being there. Um, and she was one of the people that really kind of melted right into the whole thing. Paula? I absolutely loved Billy. I thought she brought a really great tension, especially to the first few episodes that she was in because of the fact that she hated the fact that the Winchesters kept coming back from the dead over and over again, and she wanted to set things right. So she kind of really brought a great dynamic where you weren't sure, you know, what she was going to do to write those things. And, you know, we always, we always knew every time one of the boys would die, they'll, they'll be back. And even knowing that she still brought a great, attention to what her actions might be against them and I really like that and she did she just fit so well in with everybody and the storyline was great and I never really saw her as evil either she was just trying to do her job as she saw that it should be done and she was just phenomenal loved that I loved her storyline yeah I agree with what everyone has said um Billy is so interesting, and Reapers in general are interesting. I think they've had kind of an up and down thing in this show where when they made them more angels in season nine or whatever, it was kind of weird. Um, but Billy to me was more like an old, like um, back to the Reaper that we had in season two, where she had the same kind of attitude. And I, for some reason, that Reaper's name is escaping my memory. Um, her name is escaping me. But I just, I think Billy is so strong and so um beautiful and in this way that's like i don't know she's striking she's so striking to look at to watch to um and i think it's it's the actress for sure oh it tessa i guess was the name of that paper thank you carla um 
but yeah, she's, she's amazing. Lisa Berry is awesome. She has amazing chemistry with everyone. Um, as a Dean girl, I loved her scenes with Dean the most, um, because, you know, he can have chemistry with anybody. Um, and I don't know, it always seems like the people playing alongside him are having so much fun, no matter what they're doing. And the scene with Dean in season 13 in the episode when he's basically okay with dying and he's talking about, you know, and and he gets to see all those different ways that he could possibly die. And he's having that conversation with Billy. And it's the first time you kind of see that Billy, um, I don't, I don't think she ever completely turned into like a Winchester stand kind of thing. Um, but she kind of was taking their side for a minute. She was kind of changing her mind. And I thought her conversation with Dean in that episode was really, really good. And it was one of my favorite Billy scenes. Um, and I loved in season 11 in the finale when she shared that knowing lick with Crowley and you could tell they had some kind of history that I was like, that's awesome. I would have loved to have seen that explored more in some kind of way. But yeah, I can't really add much more than what everybody has said because I, I adore her and I just wanted to make sure to mention her because I think she became a really important character and I'm glad she lasted as long as she did. Um, I was sadly surprised that she lasted as long as she did, but I was glad. I was really glad to see her. Um, I thought she made a great death because, you know, death was always one of my favorite characters. And I thought, you know, if anyone was going to be the new death, she was the best choice. So I'm really, really glad that she was an addition. And I really, really hope she comes to some convention sometime. I'm so sad she didn't come here. I really want to meet her. She's really a cool person in general anyway. Okay, we're going to move along to the finale so that we can move on to season 13. Um, and in the finale, of course, Jack is born, um, but also a rift opens because of Jack between the world we know and an alternate universe. And in the end, Cass dies, Crowley dies, and then Mary gets pulled into the rift with Lucifer. So what were your thoughts on the finale, Carla? I was, okay. When all of that happened, my uh, big thought on that was that it made me really sad that they lumped in Crowley's death with Cass's death because I knew immediately it was going to overshadow Crowley's death and he deserved better than to die in the same episode as Cass when everybody knows that even though realistically everybody should know that Cass is going to come back the next season because duh, Crowley's death was permanent and you didn't get the, um, the, the time to really soak it in and really um, pay proper tribute to this character who has been such an instrumental part of everything the supernatural is for the past however many seasons because suddenly our favorite angel is gone. Um, and, and that I feel like that was a real disservice to both Crowley and to Mark Shepard. And I really don't like that they did that to him. I thought that was unnecessarily, I guess, rude to do to him. Um, as far as Mary's disappearance, you know, it, it's the, the kind of, of thing where, again, I, I can't get too upset when I know that they're going to get her back. Um, with this show, and here's the, the thing about me and the show with the high stakes and everybody's dying. It's like, yes, because they're all going to come back. It's fine. Like, why am I getting upset about the fact that um, the cast just got stabbed through the back and we saw his wings 
when he's listed because the last time that they tried to kill him off, things didn't go so well for SPN's ratings. So I know that that he's, they're not going to let him say that for long. Um, Mary, they're not going to let that go unresolved because that's clearly the cliffhanger. Um, Crowley, that one was the one that, first of all, felt permanent. And second of all, they kept saying, no, 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 it's done. And Mark Shepard was very vocally unhappy about it. So um, uh, that's why, to me, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you, you can't really do that to a character that is that significant to the show, to so many fans, and uh, expect the actor to be very pleased with it. Because if there's one thing that this show seems to foster in its actors, it is a deep love for the characters that they portray and a deep sense of of ownership and loyalty to them. Um, and, and, and it just really felt like a slap in the face, like across the board. Like th- there was this huge hand just go brrrm, slapping everybody. Brrrm. Yeah, um, Aaron. Yeah, Crowley. Crowley's death was really, really sad. I, I don't know what happened. I know Mark Shepard had said he was unhappy with the way it it ended for him, and I don't know if that was like a dispute before, and that's kind of how they decided. Um, cause he had mentioned some, some things in interviews about, um, kind of, he wanted to leave the show and they were mad at him or something. So, but I, yeah, I think that they definitely should have spent more time on that and given Crowley a, a much better way to go. I think that was kind of a cop out of just kill him off real quick in the other world and move on so that we can, you know, see the dramatic cast death and, Everyone can focus on that. I don't know. It still is kind of not fair that that's how he went. Um, and I agree. Yeah, Mary, obviously Mary's going to come back. So no one was really worried about that, I don't think. Um, I, Mary in the other world, I was kind of okay. She can stay there. It's fine. She'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Meg? Yeah, the only thing I really didn't like about Mary going into the other world um, she honestly could have stayed there. Um, but the only reason, uh, the only thing I really didn't like about Mary going the other word was that we would be stuck with Lucifer more in the alternate universe. Like, please, please, there are how many angels? Find a new one. Find it. Like, uh, yeah. Um, and as far as, yeah, Carla and Aaron really said, everything that I was thinking, I remember when I remember watching when Crowley was, when Crowley died and thinking, God, he deserved so much better of a death. He deserved a better death. I hate that they didn't even let uh, Mark Shepard have Crowley's last line be what Mark Shepard wanted it to be. That felt really petty and punitive um, to me. Uh, I hate that they killed Cass at the same time because like Harla said, it complete Cass dying completely overshadowed Crowley dying. And um, if, if it was a, a tiff between the showrunners and Mark Shepard, which I don't have any, obviously no spoons or anything for that or no evidence necessarily for that, except for some things that it, there seemed to be a lot of tension and at conventions and stuff when it came to that. Um, but it felt like they're like, okay, well, we're not only going to kill you, we're going to kill you in a crap way. And we're going to make sure um, the bigger fan favorite 
dies right afterwards. So no one's even thinking about what you did or what happened to Crowley. Um, and that made me so angry. Crowley is Crowley is one of my favorite characters ever. Mark Shepard is amazing. So to lose him was hard enough. Losing Crowley was hard enough, but to lose him in such an, uh, I can't think of the word, to lose him in such like a cheap way was really, it just, it felt just dirty. So yeah, I just, and Mary, yeah. And also Kelly died. We missed, I mean, we didn't really get a chance to talk about Kelly dying, but she died. Sad face. <laughs> Aww. Oh, God. They 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 did Crowley and Mark Shepard dirty with that. It just I I liked the fact that Crowley died helping the Winchesters, but like everybody else has said, his death did get overshadowed by Cass, and I was on the fence about whether or not Cass would be coming back just because that was the only time we actually saw his burned out wings. And every time you've seen that in the past, those angels are gone. It could have been done so much better. And God, there was there was just there was so much death going on in that finale that they did kind of all over step over each other. And 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 the other the other thing I did like about the finale was seeing the alternate universe. Um, you know, friends and I have been talking way back when we saw the French mistake, well, there's that alternate universe. How many other ones are out there? And it would be kind of fun to explore that. So I was glad to see that and that we did get to explore that a bit. So that was a positive of it. Um, but there was just, there was just so much going on that it, it Crowley and Mark Shepard just deserved so much better. Yeah. My, um, uh, my biggest complaint with the finale is, um, is what they did to Crowley. And I know Mark Shepard, um, you know, has spoken <laughs> a little bit. I would, now that it's over, I really would be interested if he spills more tea. Um, cause I know he was unhappy with the way they were, what they, how they were writing the character. And so he didn't want to keep playing this character cause they had pretty much ruined Crowley really. Um, and dumbed him down so much. It was ridiculous. And I know when he read the way they were going to kill him, he this is what I was reading this quote that he was talking about. I wish I could find it again because I might get some of it wrong, but he hated the way they were writing it. He went to them and said, can we please change this a little bit? Give it a little bit. I mean, it just doesn't I don't like it. I don't appreciate it kind of thing. They rewrote it a little bit, shot it, and then they edited it so much that it basically was what was there before. Um, it really felt like an F you to him, a big giant middle finger to him. And in turn, it was kind of an F you to everybody else. And I, you know, I, it just really was sad because he was such a great character and, you know, it would have been great. It would have been awesome if like he had had a death where he like killed Lucifer and he knew he was going to die at the same time. And then we don't have to have Lucifer. And plus it's a bigger death. And they didn't kill Cass or something because, uh, frankly, honestly, I didn't care at all when Cass died. I wasn't emotional about it. I didn't feel anything about it because I was like, well, they're going to bring him back. Even with seeing the wings, I didn't care. Um, and so I was like, okay, whatever. I just cared about Crowley dying. And I was kind of sad with Mary being pulled back because 
she just started healing that relationship with her sons. And so it was kind of sad to me that she'd be pulled right when that happened. And also that she was pulled there with stupid Lucifer. So, yeah, it was it was I, I didn't as far as finales go, I think it's one of the worst they've ever had, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think it, it was and I think this show usually does finales really well, even if I don't like the rest of the season. I think they do them really well, usually. But this this was a pretty bad one, in my opinion. OK, so let's move on to season 13. Um, And the big addition is the character of Jack. Um, So, Carla, what are your thoughts on Jack? You know, it's funny. Whenever a show introduces a baby, you never know how it's going to go if they're going to you know, make something good of it or just completely ruin the show. And that's what it felt like when they added Jack, because I was like, what is this going to be? You know, two men, an angel and a baby, you know, how is this going to work out? That would be a really fun sitcom, though. I would totally watch the hell out of that. Two men, an angel and a baby. I am there for that. And they decided to age him up, which makes sense, because there's only so much you can do on a dramatic supernatural show about killing things when you have to worry about changing diapers. Like, okay, we get it. I am, however, fascinated by the fact that he didn't need to be potty trained. Very confused. Not my problem. Um, I do want to say that once I separated Jack from the way that he was conceived, which took me a couple, a couple of episodes, um, I came to really love him. I, I thought that, yeah, his lineage is problematic. That's on the show. That's not of the character. Certainly not of the actor. Um, but he himself, Jack, is an innocent being who just... Uh, he uh, he could hear his mother, he could hear Castiel, and they were rooting for him. They they were like, you know, we know you're going to be good and we believe in you. And, you know, so he comes into this world, um, w- you know, waiting to receive this acceptance. His mother is dead and the person that he has decided as his father is gone. So he comes into this world very lonely, very confused and very alone. So uh, I... And then, you know, he, he comes upon the, the Winchesters. Sam is tentatively nice to him. Dean is outright um, against him, which, you know, kind of understandable. But again, he is, for all intents and purposes, a baby. Um, and it's not his fault that he was conceived the way that he was, that he is an FLM. None of that is on him. Um, so I, I just, I I really, I understand why he's not everybody's cup of tea. Because, again, having a baby in a show that is established, especially that many seasons in, is very difficult to to digest. And, yes, I will keep saying that he's a baby because he's a baby. I mean, look at him reacting to nougat. How sweet is that? Oh, my God. I want nougat. Anyway, that's not what we're here for. Um, I also really love how much Alex Calvert looks like Misha Collins. And that, that's just some random fun. But, yes, um, I'm a pro-Jack person, and I endorse this message. Man, you are all going to hate me. Erin, your thoughts on Jack? <laughs> I love Jack. I think it, it, it's he's so sweet and innocent and doesn't know how the world works yet. And he has this power that he doesn't know how to control, and it's not really his fault. And I don't like the way Dean was just mostly mean to him, like all the time. And especially after after he killed Mary, uh, I feel like Dean was super harsh and that was not necessary. And Jack just wants redemption from that. Like 
that that's the only family he's ever known. And I think they make a really sweet family, the four of them. Um, and I like it, but I, yes, I am a Jack fan. I, I guess apparently there's people out there that aren't and we can't be friends, but <laughs> you're just making a face at me. Um, no, I, I like Jack and I, I think he was a good addition to the family. You guys are so going to hate me. I was telling you, um, Meg. Uh, yeah, I absolutely adore Jack. I will, uh, fight for Jack. I love him. I love how he fit in, fits in with Team Free Will. I love the Team Free Will 2.0. Um, I found myself getting very angry at Dean for his treatment of Jack. And I absolutely, like, I, this. the problem when Carla and I share a brain is that she says all of the stuff that I want to say, and her name is higher in the alphabet than mine. So I have all these thoughts, and then Carla goes and talks, and I'm like, now I have to try and find something, <laughs> think of something new to say about Jack. Um, but no, he's just, and I'm, and I'm actually, I'm looking at IMDb right now at, at the episodes, and I was like, wow, I didn't even realize 13 might be one of my favorite seasons, <laughs> because I just love so many of the episodes in it. Um, but I think he was a fantastic addition. I think especially when we go in further into the series and we kind of see with, with Chuck being the big bad and everything like that, how well that folds into that storyline. Um, I just, and like Carla said, I really love how much he, uh, Alex Calvert looks like Misha Collins. And I really liked to see... Um, the change in the effect that Jack had on Cass because Cass becoming a parent and taking that responsibility in that role was something that I thought was really beautiful to see. We see a little bit of it when he feels, he feels some responsibility with Claire, but he's not, he's not her dad and he's a painful reminder of her dad. <laughs> um, so I I really liked seeing Jack and Cass's relationship and kind of how how Jack changed Cass as well. Um, but yeah, I I think I'm just gonna mute Aaron when she starts talking about how much she hates him because I love him too much to say much of anything other. Like I I will watch a Jack show, like I will watch Jack as God doing all of his stuff because he's just. Oops, I just hit my mic. He's just so cute. But, okay, I'm done now. I'm going to walk away while... Well, I'm going to listen to Paul. Then I'm going to walk away. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. You're all going to hate me, but uh, Paula? Oh, I'm not going to hate you because I'm right there with you. <laughs> yes, 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 all yes, right, yes. I'll be back. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <sighs> but I just feel vindicated. Thank you. Yes. I, I just... <sighs> No, I, 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 I was, I was right there with Dean. I was right there with Dean. Take him out. <laughs> I just, it felt, he felt unnecessary because we'd already seen those storylines played out with Sam when he was soulless, with Cass as he was growing, um, you know, learning about humanity and figuring out how to, how to, how to be, a, you know, 
live with free will and all those things. We didn't need we didn't need Jack. And I was really hoping I had a feeling as we got closer to the finale that Jack was going to be the one to save the day, basically. And I was really hoping that it was going to be Amara that played that role instead of Jack. And <laughs> and and I was yeah, I just no, I'm not I wasn't a fan of Jack either. I just so there you go, Aaron. <laughs> you have an ally on that. Yay, I'm so happy. Um, I will say though, I will say I liked Jack for one episode. I thought he was kind of interesting, and then I was like, Oh, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna have this precious little cinnamon roll. And that was so annoying. I'm sorry. It was just so obnoxious. And I was on Dean's side the whole time. I'm like, come on, people. This is the son of flippin' Lucifer. Of course you're going to be worried he's going to go to the dark side. I didn't view him as a baby. He just acted like a baby. I didn't view him as some precious little thing. I viewed him as this being that came into Supernatural, made Supernatural go down into teenage land, made it become more like a... WB teen drama. Um, he took the focus away from the people we had been looking at. He was boring, 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 boring. When he killed Mary, I wanted him to be killed instantly. I totally understood getting angry at him. And I also went, hey, this is what I should have what should have done is had him be evil from the start, in my opinion. Um, and I agree, man, having Amara do that instead would have been, oh, that would have been beautiful because Amara is a much more interesting character. She's got a lot more layers to her. Um, I apologize, but I thought the performance was better from, from Emily Swallow. Um, and I'm just so happy that somebody else agrees with me. And I think I honestly, you know, I knew I saw a lot of people online that didn't like him. A lot of them were the very, very angry Dean girls like me. <laughs> So I know that it was kind of a common thread amongst certain Dean girls that they did not like Jack. And yeah, so I'm just happy that there's somebody else that likes him. And I'll try to stop now so that I don't get too much hatred. But um, Paula, you wanted to add something and then I'll cut to you, Meg. Yeah, and it just would have been such a a much better ending for Amara because she got done dirty on her end, too. That's all I got to say. Amen. Meg? Uh, yeah, as far as mm, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you, obviously, on all of the stuff that you said. I think what I think what the people who didn't like Jack or the angry Dean girls and stuff that didn't like Jack didn't like the fact that Jack was showing a side of Dean that wasn't um, family don't end in blood. That wasn't that was mean. That was downright just regardless of who there's one thing being worried about it being the son of lucifer i get that being worried being like i'm gonna shoot you and not give you any chance and not he is gives everybody a chance he has given everybody a chance to prove themselves to be a part of things jack did not do anything to deserve dean's wrath he didn't do anything to deserve dean's wrath um and even when Jack brings Cass back for Dean. He's still not good enough. It's still not good enough. And and it, it made me very frustrated with with Dean and that. And I know we're going to talk about Dean's grief, and that's something that I really want to talk about. And I know that it has that that kind of goes along with his treatment of Jack. 
But I don't to say that Jack was completely useless and pointless. I I completely disagree. I think we absolutely needed him in the show. Um, I like the idea of Amara doing all of that, but Amara can't do that. We've already we've already established that Amara and Chuck have to balance each other out. It's both of them or none of them. So Amara going over and killing Jack what so, or Chuck. So what's she gonna do then? Commit suicide? So I just yep. That's yep yep yep. She could have absorbed Chuck like Chuck absorbed her. Right, uh, but yeah, that's yeah. but that's not on Jack. <laughs> well, I, well, we're just saying it'd be more interesting than having Jack. That's all I'm saying is it just would be more interesting because we didn't like Jack, you know. Um, and as speaking as a Dean girl, that's not why I didn't like Jack. I, Cause like I said, I liked him in the first episode and Dean wasn't being nice to him then. I'm not so, saying you specifically. I'm just saying what I, I, what I, I have seen from, from a lot of it. Carla, you wanted to add something? Yeah. Just from a practical standpoint, we did need Jack. We absolutely did because it's 13 seasons in um, the boys have been through all of this stuff already. There's nothing new being discovered as far as, uh, you know, through the viewers experience through the characters. So you do need and this is why people bring in um, new characters or or children for that matter is because you do need uh, fresh eyes through which to see the world that these characters are living in. And that at this point is Jack. And that's why you have all of these repetitive storylines of, you know, losing his soul and and all of this is. It's it's new uh, experiences of these things that these guys have been through. It also happens to coincide with a lot of family things going on for the actors um, where they needed to kind of step back and have more personal time. And what better way to do that than to put some of the work onto somebody else? Um, so I, that's where it kind of becomes necessary to, uh, I guess, spread the um, the joy or the wealth or whatever. And yeah, as a woman, I would absolutely have loved to have seen it be a, a female character or even for, you know, if they're going to have Jack, why not a Jackie? Why not a a woman Nephilim? What's wrong with that? But it's all, it always has to be boys. Then digressing. The point is fresh eyes, fresh blood, something new through which you channel all these experiences because it does get stale and very old 13 seasons in. No matter how good Jensen Ackles is, he can't hold uh, Supernatural on his shoulders for the entire rest of his life. I get what you're saying, but the character to me sucked. So it was like, so to me, it was like, it's a lot of the reason I stopped liking this show, to be frank, is Jack. It's a big reason I wasn't excited about the show anymore. It's a big reason I didn't like the writing anymore. Personally, it was like, this show is not the show at all that I fell in love with. Um, And a big part of that is because of Jack. Um, It's also the writing, but Jack is just a big, a big reason for that personally. Um, I'm glad so many people liked him. Um, it felt very, you know, it being part of this fandom, that's why I drew back from the fandom, honestly, because being part of this fandom and not liking Jack is a very hard thing to do because 99% of the fandom loves him. So it was very, 
you know, isolating to like uh, to not like a character that 99% of the fandom loves. Um, so that's why I kind of drew back from being on Twitter all the time. I stuff like that because I just really it kind of tainted a lot of my love for interacting with people on the show and for loving the show. So I that's a I mean so that's why I just, I just, yeah, I just wish it had been a more interesting character, a character that I maybe had had more growth. I just didn't think he had very much growth, which I know everybody probably disagrees with that, but I just didn't see it. So yeah, I was, I was very, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll move on before everybody leaves the panel, except for Paula. Um, <laughs> um, You're not getting rid of me that easily. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll talk about um, Dean's grief because Dean, of course, was grieving the loss of Cass and his mother as well. And partially Crowley, too. I do think there was part of him grieving Crowley. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Dean's grief, Carla. Dean's grief, you know, I it, his grief is always so palpable. And that's one of the things that Jensen does best is transmit that emotion to where like you're in grief because he's in grief. It's a remarkable feat of acting. Um, and he's a remarkable actor to begin with, but anytime that the Dean hurts, you hurt with him. And if you don't, then you shouldn't be watching the show in the first place because what's wrong with you. Um, but it doesn't make it less repetitive. And that's not on Dean. That's just the lazy writing that insists on man pain as being the big uh, driver for so much of, of the action, you know, uh, constantly killing off the same characters only to bring them back. And you know that they're coming back. Dean isn't sure. I get that. But, oh, my God. You know, I know that they have to have a reason to go on to season 14 and season 15. But it's it's just a lot to ask of the one actor to uh, constantly be grieving. And, and, and looking at the picture backwards and forwards he's never given a moment's rest emotionally he never has a, a moment where he can just um really relish some form of joy and happiness because there's always somebody else to lose and that's the thing with supernatural dean is constantly grieving he's never given really the space to do it in a way where he can um come to peace with something and move on um but I'll leave all of that for later. But uh, but just the, the long and short of it is Jensen is amazing at uh, showing us what a grieving process looks like for Dean. Um, it's also, you know, rarely done in a healthy manner. It's always either a violent way or a very drinky way, which is, you know, varying character for him. Um, I I do also think that... Yes, he's grieving for Crowley. He's uh, grieving for his mother. He's frustrated with this whole thing with Jack going on. And he's at odds with his own brother over it. I think that the more overwhelming thing is how much he is grieving for Cass. He's uh, anytime that Cass dies, Dean's world seems to come to a stop in a way that it doesn't when other characters die. And that's when he loses himself in a lot of ways. He... He does his best drinking when he's grieving for Cass. He does his sloppiest work when he's grieving for Cass. Um, and he's the most determined to stay in his grief state when 
Cass's death or disappearance is involved. Um, God, I want to say so much more about how I feel about that, but I, I, I'll just leave it with this, that that's what plays into um, the whole concern with, you know, is Dean in love with Cass or not? Because when you have that much emotion towards a particular character and you constantly tell us that, no, it's just because of the bros, that's disingenuous, disingenuous at best. Aaron. Well, okay. First of all, angry Dean girls sounds like a really scary gang that like, I do not want to meet in a dark alley, like yelling at me about Jack. Uh, <laughs> but I, poor Dean, I just want to hug him and tell him it'll be okay. Um, I, yeah, he is always kind of in a crisis or on the verge of a crisis. And I just, for him and, yeah, I don't know if I can say much more. Carla nailed it, I think. Um, it's just unfortunate that poor Dean is always just in you know, such a state of chaos in his life. I don't know. Meg? Um, yeah, what I thought was really interesting, actually, about the first five episodes of season 13 yeah we have we've seen dean grieving before but i don't think we've ever been so deep in it with him for so long i don't think he has ever we've never i don't think we've ever seen him at the depths of despair like this and i agree with carla i think it was the majority of that was because because and as far as dean is concerned seeing the burnt wings seeing Cass die in a way that can't come back that he's never, no one has ever come back from. Um, I think gutted him a lot. He can't even say he can't like in the first episode, he can't even say that Cass is dead. We see when he's wrapping Cass up um, for the pyre. That's such a moving scene for me. And then advanced uh, thanatology episode five is probably one of the best episodes in my opinion of season 13, I loved it. I was heartbroken to see Dean's recklessness and his suicidal ideation. Um, at that point, like when he, when he and Billy are talking in the library in that scene and he's just like, I can't even save a scared little kid. I can't save Cass. I can't save anyone. He just doesn't, he doesn't even care if he can't, if Billy won't let him back, like it, and it's the, it's heartbreaking. And I think that's why I feel like this, these five episodes are different than the other kind of grieving that we see with Dean. Um, because when we talk about Dean and grief, he's always in some form of mourning for somebody, but there's always still a little bit of levity in there with him to kind of help him. He always kind of takes it on and takes it on and says he's going to be okay, says he's going to be okay. And this is one of the first times when we see, and he literally says, I am not okay. I'm really far from okay. Um, and he doesn't, we don't see any of that kind of balance. Um, and another thing in the advanced thanatology I love so much was Sam, bless Sam's heart, trying to help, <laughs> trying to help Dean feel better by <laughs> suggesting going to strip clubs and letting Dean be uh, his favorite, was it, oh God, 
plant or the agent. I can't remember, but um, and getting him all this and like getting him booze and bacon and, and all of these things, like offering him a beer with breakfast. It's just and all of it is just such the wrong things for, for a teen. Um, but it just I I think that's why what I really, really like about about season 13 is Jensen Ackles acting is just watching Jensen Ackles work is amazing and I could do it forever um and I think he really really nailed it with these first five episodes and then after that we got Tombstone which I mean come on Yeah, that episode, Meg, um, I'm going to start crying. Oh, I weep every single time I watch it. Like, everyone in that episode knocked it out of the park. The mom, like, that last scene with the mom and she sees her son when they pull him out of the house and her just, like, breaking down. Like, as a parent, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, it just, it completely devastated me. So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's okay. Um, As I said in our first Supernatural episode... There's no character in the world that I relate to more than Dean. And his scene there, like I've I've mentioned it before, the scene with Billy, and I I can't really watch that episode much. As much as I like that episode, it's one of the only episodes, honestly, of season 13 that I love. But um, I can't watch it because it's so painful, because it's so – sorry it's so painfully real and honest and this show has hurt Dean so much (laughs) and personally that's why it's hard for me to watch these seasons um anyway I'm going to stop there because I I won't be able to continue it for a second so I'm just going to give myself a second here Paula I think you all have said it so well um and I think that's part of the reason why I had such a problem with the ending was because they've they've put so much grief on his shoulders and he never really gets to live without that grief and that's so painful to see and I don't think there's anything else I can add so um yeah it's it's um um Jensen Ackles, like I've said, should have a shelf full of Emmys because what he does with this character, he he elevates whatever's written on the page in any season. He's done that. Um, And he gets to the heart of that. Dean is the most vulnerable character on the show. Dean is the person who wears his heart on his sleeve, whether he wants you to see it or not. Um, And Dean is. Under underlying everything, he's suicidal almost every day of his life. He's suicidal. And when you carry around that, when you feel that much hatred for yourself, it's very hard to live in the world and it's very hard not to take on everything. So you either want to harden yourself um, and you can get angry and feel like, why do I keep having all this crap happen to me? And then I think that's a lot of why in this season you see him take out a lot of stuff on Jack is because um, it's like 
you know, Dean is just fed up. He's sick of it. He's sick of it. And he's sick of fighting. And he's sick of basically his life has been all about pain and pain and pain and pain and death and murder and fighting constantly. And when you're in that constant state of fight or flight, it's so wearing on your system and on your soul. And I think he just got to the point where he couldn't do it anymore. And he was grieving for, yes, I think his biggest part of his grief in this season was for Cass, but it was for a lot more than that. I think, I think his grief was for his whole life. His grief was for the fact that this is his life and anything he loves gets taken from him and anything he loves dies and he can't do anything and he's supposed to be doing something. And what good is he if he's not helping people? What good is he if he can't save people? What good is he? Um, And I think that's, Excuse me. That's what I think the grief is about is he's just done. And, you know, that feeling of being like, OK, I can survive another day, another day. He just doesn't have that fight anymore. Um, so, yeah, Carla, you wanted to add something? Yeah, just that, I, you know, I keep going back to Billy constantly asking him. Or, or just saying to him, you know, I know you're ready to go. You're ready to let go. And he says she says that to him. More than once. She, I know she said it in um, in the 18th episode of the 15th season, but she said it to him before. Like, aren't you ready to let go? Aren't you ready to move on? Because she knows that he is. He has been ready to move on, but he can't because he's tethered to this plane of existence and to this job and to his brother. And I, I think that's one of the, the, the big tragedies of the show is that um, not that I'm advocating for for him to not receive the help that he clearly needed so that he could make peace with his life and enjoy his life but it makes absolute sense that he would be ready to let go and he never had the chance to because he constantly felt responsible for absolutely everything and that was so unfair to put on him it's not about the two brothers being um charged with the with the fate of the world it's dean being charged with it and sam coming along that's how i felt in uh that was my reading of the show yeah yeah i think i think that's 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 a, that's a big part of it i, I you know and i, and I want to say they had a they had a therapy episode you know and i can't remember the name of the therapy episode and and i really hated that episode um because i thought that therapy session for dean was so cruel and mean and it was like i'm sorry that i'm getting so emotional but um it was like a total slap in the face to Dean because if any character, like I've said before, I think they they all deserve therapy. But I think of all the characters, I think Dean deserves therapy the most. And I'm not saying I don't like saying the word need, but he deserves therapy. He deserves to have that. And I just thought he was treated like crap and that therapy. Like once again, like I said, when we were talking about season five, this show has a tendency to treat Dean like what he needs is tough love and it's BS. And so I don't know. This just it's hard. And um, Meg, you wanted to add something. Yeah, I just want to that was the big empty um, was that therapy session. That is the one that took place in my hometown. And that is the one I watched film when I was in Vancouver. <laughs> so I I know that one. And I think, and I completely agree with, with what you're saying about Dean always getting um, 
so much pain all the time. And I think a big part of that is no offense, Jared Padalecki, but I don't think Jared Padalecki could hold and handle that. Um, I can't honestly think of very many actors who could take all of that. So I think a lot, I think so much of the reason Dean gets so much is frankly, Jensen Ackles is too good of an actor to not give him all of that. And we see a lot of Sam girls get really mad because like Sam doesn't get those kind of really big emotional arcs. Really. He doesn't get those big storylines. He doesn't get those big focuses. And I think it's because Jared Padalecki, I just don't think he could rise to the occasion. And it's no offense to Jared Padalecki. Like as a person, I don't think, I don't think Misha Collins, who I think is a, as a great actor, I don't think Misha could rise to the occasion like Jensen does. Jensen is probably one of, is, is just a phenomenal actor and it's unfair to Dean um, to get so much pain and to get so much, so much. Um, but I think that's a big reason why I don't think it's so much like picking on Dean, which I, I know is a really kind of trivializing way to say it because just to do so, I think a lot of it is because Jensen's just so, so talented and it it would be nice to see him get to be super duper talented at dean being happy (laughs) yeah no no i think i think you're right about that meg yeah yeah okay well let's go into um the alternate universe and of course you get au versions of a lot of characters that we have known and loved And it also brings Michael back to the playing field. So I just want to get everybody's thoughts on that, Carla. I love seeing you say um, alternate universes and Meg bopping along happily. Like, yeah, that's my jam. Let's bring it on. Yeah, alternate universe. Woohoo! Give me those coffee shop AUs. (laughs) Here's my thing with AUs, okay? Listen, I hate post-apocalyptic AUs. They're so dusty and they're desolate and they're sad. There's no coffee shop. There's no pastries. Nothing no like comfort food. No no comfort food. No reliable way to shower. I mean, are there even menstrual care products available? Because I see a lot of people who are probably having very uncomfortable periods and nobody's addressing that. We're all, we're all just talking about, oh my gosh, this is a horrible world. Can we do something about it? Nobody's talking about, I am bleeding my guts out. Where's the Advil? Um, I also hate the amount of time that we're forced to spend with Lucifer. I did not sign up for this much Lucifer. And I did not sign up for dusty, ashy AU world where Lucifer is constantly present and where, um, you know, like there's, again, no comfort food. Because if I'm going to be stuck with Mark Pellegrino for an extended period of time, I would like for there to be a Danish at least. That's the very least that I deserve. Um, I don't know how we're expected to put up with him without that. Um, And also, I hate that I knew that this version of Michael was going to be one dimensional and die because he was cast as a black man. I knew it. As soon as I saw him, I was like, we're not going to get very much out of this version of Michael. And he's going to just, you know, make an appearance and then boom, gone. I also hated that uh, Kevin had the same treatment that he had in... uh, well, similar treatment to what he had in the uh, original world, because, again, minority. Uh, I hate the fact that we have 
um, that, that Gabriel dies in this universe. I hate that we get versions of Bobby and Charlie that are not our Bobby and Charlie. It just, you know, there's so much about it that I dislike. And I get, again, this is going back to the whole idea of we're 13 seasons in. We need to freshen things up a bit. What can we do? Well, I know people really like Charlie. Let's bring her back. But she's dead. Oh, I know how we can bring her back. Alternate universe. Hey, hey. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I was trying to think of something redeeming to say about it. Because, you know, if you can't say anything nice, then you shouldn't say anything at all. But I refused to say nothing at all. So I just said everything that I had to say. <laughs> and it was all negative. I hated to say you. No menstrual products. Fix that. Okay, this is right up with your British Men of Letters one that just I love. <laughs> Aaron. I have a lot of rents. <laughs> yeah. Aaron. Well, yeah, it wasn't a very original storyline, I guess. Like, I don't know, whenever you don't know what to do, you just make an alternate universe to do something else. I don't know. It didn't make sense. I was really excited that even if it wasn't our Charlie and Bobby, it was going to be a Charlie and Bobby. And then they were, Charlie was not even close to being my Charlie, but I'll still watch Felicia Day in anything. So I guess that was the one redeeming part of the alternate universe, Carla. So we got to see Felicia Day's face, even if it wasn't our Charlie. Um, I don't know. I guess that's it. It was, yeah, it was weird. And I, think that they could have done better it was just a weird storyline and i agree why is it like always in the desert no matter where they go over there they're just like in some weird desert with lightning and no rain it didn't make any sense i agree a lot of shows will have some weird universe or weird place that they're going and it's, it seems to be a desert i don't know what it is about that but there's I'm no buildings think... there's nothing they're just in yeah. a desert it makes no sense <laughs> meg yeah, I love, Carla, that you think I'm bopping around because I was super excited and love the alternate universes. I was bopping around because I know how you feel about the alternate universes. <laughs> and I was really excited to listen to you rant about it oh, rather I than just reading. Like, you're like, you're like that cat gif of just clack, 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 clack every time because we, we talk about this show a lot. Accurate. Accurate. A fiction. lot. So I got really excited because the alternate, I'm sorry, it was so ridiculous. It's like, okay, let's get this sepia tone uh, thing to put on the camera lens. Get the sepia tone lens. Now we're in an alternate universe. We're stuck with, with Lucifer, which fine, whatever. Going in there for a second was one thing. Why do we have to keep going back? Why did that have to be something that we had to keep going back and back and back to? And if there's one thing I really did not like about season 13 or kind of any of these later seasons is that this alternate universe thing was there. It was a cheap cop out to bring back favorites that like with Charlie fans were so pissed about Charlie. Like, well, we'll just bring back a Charlie. I mean, one lesbian, the other lesbian, what does it matter? Right. It was insulting. Um, I loved, I did love seeing Bobby because I will, I love Jim Beaver and I will just always love to see Bobby. Um, it, it, it just, it was frustrating. I totally forgot how Kevin was done dirty again until Carla brought it up. <laughs> so thanks for that, Carla. Um, I I just thought, and I'm sorry, we have to also remember, I know we're going to talk about Wayward, the Wayward Sisters, but do we not remember the bad place with the giant, like that alternate universe with the giant monsters? Like what, what was that? That was like the, the polar bear thing. And that was, I, uh, 
Like, it was a giant burnt marsh. It was like Stay Puff Marshmallow Man was too close to a campfire. And red eyes. I don't know why they decide red eyes. That's how you're going to know that they're that they're evil, is that they're going to have red eyes. And it's just, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just, and I thought it was so funny, Carla, that you thought I was bouncing because I was really, really excited. <laughs> and I liked this. The only alternate universe I liked was Scooby Natural. That's it. Any of the other ones, I don't care. I really wish we got Michael to stay longer because uh, he should have gotten a better character development. Also, AU Michael could totally get it. <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there. I know last time I kept talking about how thirsty I was for Kane. AU Michael absolutely can get it. Um, I also thought it was hilarious to see, like, Hitler cast. Like, what the hell was that? Okay. Um. Yeah, so I have a lot of feelings about this. <laughs> I was really excited Carla didn't say everything I wanted to say. <laughs> so I could talk a little bit about it, too. But, yeah, I just, I think it was one of those things where it was interesting for that little bit in season 12. If they had kept it there with that tiny little riff, that would have been fine. And even in later seasons when we have, like, the other Dean and Sam pop in in season 15, like little things like that. I don't think we needed to repeatedly go back to it because I frankly do not care about any of those characters except Charlie, but that's not the same Charlie and Bobby. So that's that. (laughs) Paula. (laughs) Okay. I I guess I might be in the minority on this one because I like the alternate universes. (laughs) Um, I, I didn't like the fact that we just got a Charlie. That was kind of a slap in the face. Um, um, I, I really wish, I really wish alternate Michael had just taken Lucifer out while he was there. Missed opportunity. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> um, and you know, Mary could have stayed there too. I, I would have been fine with that. At that point, I was, I was done with her. Um, but I, I liked all those little glimpses of the alternate universes, and maybe that's maybe that's me reading too much fanfic because I love it. <laughs> I I mean I I didn't love it, but I think I liked it more than and the the reason I liked it was to, there was only one reason, and they didn't develop it well enough. You guys have already talked about it was having Michael. Um, Michael to me is a character that this show never explored properly, like they should have. And I always wanted them to. And so seeing Michael was so cool and awesome. And they really should have just been like, okay, bye, Lucifer. Your time has to shine has come. Goodbye. And then just killed him and not have to deal with him again. Um, and I thought Christian Keys was so good. Um, and like you said, Meg, yes, very, very sexy, very sexy. And he was my fate. He was of the characters that we had brought on. On the show, and I'm talking about like new char- new characters because he pretty much was a new. I mean, he had, we had seen Michael before, but new actor and everything. He was my favorite, um, and that's why I was so sad we didn't get more of him because he was just so interesting. It was a very different version of Michael in a way, um, and I just I I just really really liked Michael, and I was so excited to see him back. and And the show wasted him, of course, and wasted all the potential even even when Dean became Michael, which we'll talk about um, when we cover the next season. But yeah, I mean, it, it was just awesome to see him. So that was the one part that I did like. 
it was hard to get used to the AU versions of the characters that we loved because you could see those subtle differences. So while I was happy to see them back, it I never really connected to him. Um, but yeah, that's that's all my thoughts on the AU. Um, and so now we're going to move into Wayward Sisters, because, of course, during this time, there was talk that they were going to do a spinoff. Um, and this was a spinoff that was basically the fandom had manifested this. Um, I'm 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 going to pretty much stay out of this conversation because I feel I already made people angry with my Jack stuff. So I'm going to stay out of this because <laughs> I, I will just say I was never on board with Wayward Sisters. Um, so I'm, I'm going to let everybody else talk about this and, and, um, start with you, Carla. I actually wrote, um, a piece for the Mary Sue about my feelings about Wayward Sisters. Um, I love the idea of a spinoff that's centered on these fabulous women and they're so strong and courageous and amazing. You have, um, Jody who takes in all of these, all of these girls who need homes and they need a place to go to they need grown-ups to look up to and that's definitely Jody Mills um you have Donna who you know cemented herself as a fan favorite immediately when she was first on the screen and she's grown into a really fun and interesting character and Aaron you you wrote a fantastic um fic in which Donna becomes one of uh, becomes a love interest for Dean which I, I thought was a really great pairing um and I say this is a Dusty L person so you know like that that I think that means a lot um but did they really have to lay the path for wayward sisters on the body of a dark-skinned black woman because they brought back misery mostly just to kill her off for the sake of kicking off wayward sisters you know like get the hell out of here Uh, oh and by the way in case we weren't sure how uh we know how little they value non-white characters on the show they also kill off kaya you know, like, that was so much fun for me to watch. Um, other than that, it was great, I guess. You know, uh, <laughs> other than the killing of, of, of minorities and um, Kaya and Claire have a, a, a quick romance thing growing and, you know, bury your gaze immediately, there goes Kaya. And suddenly Claire is on this, you know, hunt for finding Kaya's killer, who turns out to be the AU Kaya and... All this it just completely soured my um, my hopes for Wayward Sisters and my my enthusiasm for it. It just really made me very angry. Um, not so much as at the actors, but definitely at whoever decided that this was the best way to get um, the show going. And Missouri mostly, if you don't read fic, Missouri mostly comes up a lot in fact fan fiction. She was in one episode. In the first season and yet she comes up constantly in fan fiction as somebody that you know has either been there to help the boys who are or she's like a principal in a school and she loves the boys and it's always something but misery mostly is constantly present and they uh kind of leaned as they often do on our love for a character particularly when it's either a racial minority or an lgbtq plus character um and then just gone they are because they've served their purpose for what they needed them to do and then they're gone. Absolutely unforgivable to me. And and this is why, you know, when we're talking about the many, many reasons why it was turned off Supernatural, this was a huge one for me. 
you know, and, and after that, they didn't even have the decency, the CW didn't even have the decency to actually go through with the show. Which, you know, they, they could have done a lot to correct a lot of those errors if they had picked up the show and actually made it uh, part of their lineup. But no, just, okay, well, let's let them kill off the black person and then the Hispanic one and then, you know, like back to business as usual. Back to you, Aaron. Yeah, and um, and like I said, I wasn't going to say much about this, but I just will say Kaya to me, sorry, Kaya to me was more interesting than Claire or Alex. And so it was really, really sad to me for numerous reasons that you that you said, Carla, to kill her off was just pointless and stupid. And it, she was so interesting. So that to me was really sad. Erin? Um, I totally forgot about Kaya until... You said that. And now I'm sad again. Um, I had such high hopes for this. And it, yeah, I think they could have done so much better. I still would have watched the show if it was a show. Like, there's no way you could have made me not watch it. But, yeah, I agree with what they do to not white characters is really bizarre, really. Um and I do really love Donna and Jody, and I think it would have been interesting to have a new generation, the younger girls, um, and have something centered on girls, albeit a, a bunch of white girls, I guess. But I think it had good potential, and I think that they didn't do well with it. And it was kind of mean to the fans to tease us like that, to... Um, claim it was like a, a backdoor pilot to a possible spinoff and get everyone all excited and then just shut it down so quickly too. But I don't know. I would still watch it if they, if they did anything, I, you couldn't stop me, I guess. Carla, you were going to add something. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that, that, it, that it was clear that I wasn't erasing and the role of Patience, who is a, a black woman. She's one of the, the Wayward Sisters. Um, it's not to erase her part of it. It's It was just to highlight all of the other deaths and the fact that given all, especially given all of the other deaths, she seemed more like a token than a character. She Of all of these people, you have Alex, you have Claire, Donna, and Jody, and all of them, I feel, had better... Uh, initial uh what's it called interest to the show than patience did yeah i think it was i guess it was a fairly forgettable episode because i haven't even bothered to go watch it again since it aired i don't know yeah i guess it wasn't that great the more i think about it the less i like it (laughs) (laughs) and meg yeah um so the supernatural writers have this amazing talent to get great concepts and completely F them up. Um, I loved the idea of the wayward sisters. I was really excited too, when we saw the cat, like as it was, as they were talking about it and we saw the cast to see, okay. um, I loved the fact that Jody and Donna would be helming it. I loved that there would be um, middle-aged women kind of, helming this instead of especially on the cw a bunch of like young obviously there were a bunch of young people um i was excited because kaya was muslim 
I thought that was really something that would be really cool to see and to see the dream hunter relationship that was put in there. And I was like, okay, so there's, we're going to have, there's some diversity in this cast that we will never get from supernatural. And I was excited to see that. I was excited about the idea of a spinoff because we all know supernatural wasn't going to last forever. Um, But to have that world still be there to maybe see Sam and Dean come in and cast come in and, and kind of see that. Cause I would have watched the hell out of that show. Um, the execution was heartbreaking because this was, this was the fans like baby. This was something that the fans had really created for themselves and gave themselves the diversity and the role models that supernatural just refused to give them. And then supernatural took our baby and ruined it. And, uh, yeah. Took Missouri Mosley and killed her. I was so mad about that. And Aaron, you talk about how everyone thinks Dean needs tough love. Missouri was one of those people that I think should have been in Dean's life all the time. She was one of the few people who saw how soft Dean actually is and how so much of his bravado is just to protect himself um, and to curl in on himself and his in his own self-hatred and and we see that she was in two episodes she was in like two scenes in her last episode and to have that conveyed so beautifully that relationship with missouri and dean um i think it was a crime that we didn't get more of it i think it was completely disgusting that they brought her back just to kill her and i'm still I'm still really sad about what they did to Wayward Sisters because I really, really wanted it. I thought it was going to be amazing. And they just kind of, it's, it just, yeah. I don't have a lot more to say about it than that, I guess. And Paula, I am still mad that we did not get some form of Wayward Sisters. Um, I love Jodi and Donna. And I would have, like you said, watched the hell out of that show. I was never a big fan of Claire, but I would have really liked to have seen more of Kaya and Patience and even Alex. Um, And they didn't, they did not need to kill off Missouri. She could have been a part of it, especially since Patience was her granddaughter. Um, I I agree completely with what you said about, um, Meg, about uh, Missouri should have been in Dean's life more originally she should she was going to when when uh when she was first on the show she was supposed to take the role that bobby eventually got and because the actress wasn't available um um once she saw bobby then they ended up making him into that character and i wish we could have seen more of her throughout the seasons because she was always there they just they just never brought her back and if if they had gone forward with Wayward Season Sisters and kept her on, we could have maybe seen more of her in Supernatural with Sam and Dean. And, and that, again, a missed opportunity and just they do they do have a way of, of, of bringing in really great ideas and then spectacularly messing it up. Meg, were you going to add something? Yeah, I just wanted to add like... Um... We don't we don't, we don't really ever talk about Claire. I don't think I've seen in any of these episodes. Um, I 
I'm in the minority. I I like Claire. I I like who she is as a character. I really would have wanted to watch her grow and 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 get through the pain and the grief um, that she's been dealing with. I think she and Dean are a lot alike, and I would have really liked to kind of see that relationship a little more. And also, um, CW really shat the bed and missed a huge opportunity with Catherine Newton. Let's just throw that out there because wow. Um, and I think that what's so frustrating, cause I, I did, I forgot a little bit that Missouri was supposed to be the Bobby role. And what I don't understand is why couldn't we have both? Why do the boys only get to have one person who loves them and who is there for them and who is a parental figure? They didn't just lose John. They, I mean, they're growing up being a, they're basically abused until Bobby goes and, and, and is their father figure. They didn't have a mom either for the longest time. Why couldn't Missouri, why couldn't Missouri play that role for them? Um, and I'll tell you, I would have found it incredibly interesting to watch Missouri if, she, if that was the role they gave her, uh, interact with Mary when Mary comes back from the dead. That would have been something I would have watched the hell I, I think would have been brilliant. And it just goes to show, I, see, now I need a fanfic of that. So I'm going to start scouring around um, or yell at my fanfic writers, Carla, to write that fanfic, Aaron. <laughs> um, but I just, it, it's just one of those, it's such a missed opportunity. And I am so mad all over again. Damn it. <laughs> Paula, did you want to add something on that? Yeah. Oh my God. That would have been an amazing scene just to see Missouri, just give a late, you know, smack down to Mary over what, what she did with the boys. I, I would have, I would have loved right? to seen that. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Like we see Bobby yelling. We like, we see clips of Bobby yelling at John as the boys are growing exactly. up and how he has to try and, and, and help Dean overcome the abuse that he went through at John's hands. She's so no nonsense. She would have just. She would have. Uh, it would have been. It would have been amazing. I wish but, I could have gotten that scene. And she's so loving. She's so just. Ah. Thanks for bringing up Missouri again, Carla. I'm now I'm, I'm mad all over. <laughs> yeah, because I will say, like, I mean, like I said, I wasn't a fan of the Wayward Sisters idea. I liked the additional characters, like I said, Kaya, and I liked that they were bringing Missouri back. It, well, I liked it at first. And then of course what they did was unforgivable. Um, I just, I think it's because honestly, I don't like the characters of Claire and Alex and some of that. Um, and I've changed my mind on Catherine Newton, but a lot of that is the, the actresses. I, they didn't gel with me. Um, I've completely changed my tune on Catherine Newton. I think she's a really, really good actress now. Um, but I had a little bit of a misgivings about her. Um, so I think that's, that's part of why, um, I, I, I like Jody a lot and I love Donna. I absolutely love Donna. Like I've said, I'm a Dean and Donna shipper. Um, so that part, of, but I was just, I wasn't as invested in it. So, but I didn't want to at all, um, crap on the idea because I know how important it is to fans um, because I know it was a fan thing that was basically, I mean, it wouldn't have even been an idea if it wasn't for the fans, which is pretty incredible. So I was very heartbroken for the fans when it didn't come to fruition and with the way it was handled. So I was really heartbroken for the fans of, over that. 
Okay, um, well, let's move on now to, um, we're going to go to the empty. Actually, we're going to skip over trying to save Mary because we already kind of touched on the AU. So let's um, let's go into the empty because it was introduced here. What were your thoughts on the empty, Carla? I was fascinated by the empty. I thought it was such a cool concept. Um, I, I like the idea that the empty is just, you know, cozy and asleep it's kind of like being a parent you know like you're nice and comfy in your bed and then like the kid comes running in like my i'm awake you should be awake too but um the oh my gosh okay i know that it's like a fun gag for misha to do his silly accents but i cannot tell you how much i hate them like for all (laughs) that i love his uh like a lot about him. I detest his accents. They are the worst part of SPN. They're really not, but they're kind of up there. Um, but it, it just really took a lot away from for me about what was cool about the empty, which is it's that is this entity uh that is perfectly content to not be sentient. It just wants to receive the the souls and the I guess the grace of the departed and just sleep and let them chill and that's all it wants i can relate to that so hard because that's all i want i just want to be in bed i want to be a professional sleeper is that a thing can i be a professional sleeper and then things happen around me but i just sleep the whole time i am down for that but um i really also enjoyed the way that um the empty is just such a mysterious place this is the first that we really get to talk about the empty because it's been, you know, kind of uh, alluded to in the past, but this is the first time that we really get to know what it is, what it's supposed to be, what it's supposed to do. And you have uh, Jack waking up Castiel in the empty, which then leads to the empty getting woken up, doing a horrible accent and kicking him out, which is, I guess how things should work. Horrible accent, kick somebody out. Perfect for me. Um, but then the and you know I, I don't know if we're gonna talk more later about um, what happens in the empty, but the fact that the empty is so mad about being woken up that it chases down Castiel and it chases down Jack and Jack goes for a quick reunion with his mom and finds him there and wants to take him and then cast ups and it makes that deal where Jack gets to live. The empty gets to take Cass, and the, the empty's like, oh, ho, ho, but here's the caveat. When you have your first, first moment of true happiness, and, and Cass is like, done deal, I'm never happy. What you gonna do now? Sucks for you. It really sets up the finale of the, in the entire show in a very interesting way. And I'll tell you what, like, as soon as they made that deal, I was like, I know where this is going, and it's not gonna be the way I want it to go, and I'm already mad. So I was preemptively mad. Um, Go me for being Nostradamus, Nostracasus. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was fascinating. Hated Misha's accent. <laughs> I, yeah, it's an interesting concept, an interesting place. And I think it's funny how just annoyed and how it just wants to be left alone and everyone just is all up in his business all the time. Just, yeah, just chill. But and I do like how um, are we allowed to talk about the last episodes? I don't remember now. Um, the, we can talk about it. <laughs> that Meg comes back as the I don't know 
whatever you want to call it, the vessel or the incarnation or something. But I'm glad that Meg was back because I do really like her and that just made me happy to see her face. Um, yeah, it's an interesting concept. I like it. I don't know. I don't have a lot of strong opinions either way, I guess. And Meg. Yeah, I think it's called The Shadow. I think I read somewhere recently that it's called Thank The Shadow. You. Yes, that's it. That's what I was trying to think of. Um, okay, so The Empty is like my entire mood. Like I seriously, I'm always, I just want to, that's all I ever want to be doing is sleeping. Um, I have to say, oh, Misha, I don't know what, I don't know what goes on in his head. Um, he's such a weird, creative, amazing human being. And I think he, I honestly, Carla, I think you and Misha can do accents together. Maybe you can teach him a thing or two. I don't know if it's a compliment or a put down. I can't tell. Uh, I've heard a lot of your accents and I've heard a lot of Misha's accents. And that's what we're going to say. Um, I really did love that scene, though, when Cass was um talking to the empty and the empty is like i know what you hate i know who you love and it just it felt like a really really powerful confrontation i was like this is going to be important um i do also love the idea that Cass is like yeah i'm gonna make this deal and my first moment of true happiness i'm gonna go to the empty because that shit ain't never gonna happen loophole um and i just I really annoy the people that keep calling the empty like super duper hell because it's not super. It's not. It's nothing. It's the empty. They go to like that's where all angels and demons go when they die. It's not like this super duper crazy hell place. Um, So I just had to throw that out there for a second. But yeah, I'm glad that they stopped letting Misha be the shadow because (laughs) his little accent (laughs) I, I I loved it in a very weird way, not the accent so much, but just like, yep, this Misha must have been just so excited to not have to talk like this <laughs> that he went along. <laughs> yeah, and Paula. Oh God, Misha's accents. Ugh, I say this lovingly, but he is such a dork. But I love that he does that and just commits to it and goes for it no matter how bad it is I just I get a kick out of it I know they're very that you know they're not they're not good but it's just it's just fun but you know anyway um I the empty was really interesting you know I'd had I'd had that question for a long time you know we knew where we knew where humans went you know either heaven or hell we knew you know once purgatory came around we knew that's where the monsters went but we never knew what happened to the angels and demons so I was really excited to see that they finally answered that question um so I thought that I thought the empty was a really interesting concept and uh I yeah once Cass made that deal I knew it was going to end badly and um yeah i don't really have much more to say about that it's just yeah <laughs> um i don't really have anything to say about the mt to be honest um i i thought it was interesting but i don't think they explored it enough or something or i was kind of like huh, this might be an interesting thing to look at. And then I just think it was kind of, I don't know. It was kind of boring to me, to be honest. Um, And yeah, Misha's accent. (laughs) 
I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, I hope this is the only time we hear it. You know, I mean, love him, bless him. But, oof. <laughs> so I, it was another one where I kind of think they didn't explore it enough. And it, I don't know. So I don't really have much to add at all about that. Um, okay, so let's go on to... Um, the end of here. I know I we're totally skipping over Saving Mary, but you know all these people from the AU come back, that kind of stuff. We'll touch on that more in the next season. Um, but the end, in the end of this season, Dean says yes to Michael um, in order to kill Lucifer. Um, but of course, you know things always go wrong. So what did you think when Dean said yes to Michael, Carla? I was so upset about that because it just really invalidated the whole premise of the show which is you know free will and you don't have to submit to to the plan and to god's will and you know he fought so hard to not be the michael sword so many people died for him to not be the michael sword and for um for sam to not be the lucifer sword all of it just for to end up with him accepting that in the end and it, it really bothers me when um, the Winchesters are, are written as unintelligent people because they would have seen it coming that Michael would betray them. It's no surprise at all that he was like, oh, I'm keeping this bod, moving on. But that that's where we were left off. Like suddenly like Dean's like, no, you can't. What? Yeah, dude, that was going to happen. It was always going to happen. That's always how it was, was going to be. Um, uh, we did get to see Jensen dressed up. So, you know. Like, I guess that's a plus. Hated the hat. The rest of the outfit was, was awesome. Uh, but the whole intro of Dean with the glowing archangel eyes, just all it did was remind me of the end of the Michael Jackson thriller video. And between that and the horrible comedic debacle that was the awful wire fight, I didn't stop laughing for the entire summer. Well, it's like, why? I don't know. Just... Dean makes bad decisions. I feel like they should have seen this coming. I don't know why he agreed to this. It was a bad choice. I don't, I know that they were like desperate and whatever, but I didn't love it. I did like his wardrobe. I agree with that. I'll take the hat. I'm okay with the hat. Um, yeah. I also think this is one of those things that like went on for like way too long of like the Dean Michael saga i was kind of over it rather quickly um because like it yeah it was just a terrible decision he should have known that that's exactly what was going to happen and maybe he did know that's what was going to happen and he was okay with it because he was you know saving everybody else or whatever but i don't know not my favorite thing um meg sorry (laughs) um yeah i pretty much agree with with what ever with Carla and Aaron has said so far, there are a couple things I did like about um, the Michael Dean. I did like seeing Dean with the angel wings, just visually. I liked that. It wasn't like a part of the story, the story issue. It's just visually. I thought that was a really beautiful shot. And I, and I liked that um, much better than the freeze frame. <laughs> glowy eyes thing. Um, what really kind of um, soured me, honestly, about the Michael storyline in a lot of ways was how upset Jensen was about that fight scene. 
about how cheap it looked and how just ridiculous the whole thing was. Um, one of the other things I did actually though like about the Michael, and this is just my little my little shipper heart, um, that look of devastation on Cass's face at the end after Dean says yes to Michael, um, I thought was awesome. We see Dean grieve Cass all the time. We don't really ever get to see Cass grieving Dean nearly as much. We did a little bit, but I think as the series gets further on and Cass becomes more and more in touch and more and, and shows more vulnerability, um, emotional vulnerability is something that I, I like to see, but that shot of, of Cass's face would, it's like, okay, I'll take the Michael storyline basically for that shot um, I think it went, I think the Michael Dean thing went on way, way too long. It's one more thing to, to want to strangle Lucifer about, like, he's back, so of course. But I did like seeing Jensen dressed up. I could get behind that. I loved the hat. Carla and I have had this conversation, I think, on our own podcast about that hat. Um, <laughs> and I liked the the concept of the Malachi box and kind of seeing... Dessa. So, yeah. You just reminded me, Meg, about the second episode where you all broke my heart. Um. <laughs> That's what we do. Hi. That's what we do. You, I, should, I should send you, like, the uncut version so you can hear Laren, like, it's over two hours long, and so much of it is Laren, like, really ripping into us. And, and, and trying and trying to convince us uh, to go with her choice, but that's yeah. completely off topic. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to ask, um, Paula, your thoughts. Um, I, I pretty much agree with everybody. I mean, Dean Dean should have known better. There's no way that Michael was going to honor that deal. Um, one of the things I um, that I did like out of that storyline was the fact that Michael was kind of supercharging the 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 monsters that we've 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 seen and we've grown familiar with so that added a new challenge to to taking out those monsters and that was kind of interesting i know it didn't last very long um but it was still it was still it kind of upped the stakes a little bit with just a, a what what could have normally you know just been a normal hunt um so i i think i kind of would have liked to have seen that part of it going a little longer um i'm assuming that when michael died that that kind of went away because of it i don't know you know headcanon that or whatever but um and yeah see <laughs> michael dean yeah we could that was it was good it was good <laughs> meg you were gonna add something yeah i just wanted to add in there one time because i can't remember when in season 14 it happened one thing i did also like about the michael dean storyline is i really liked seeing dean's happy place i like we saw we saw in the in the gin dream long long time ago um his little apple pie life that he's which breaks my broke my heart so much because he's still like worthless to himself in that in that vision um but i liked seeing him and Pamela at this at this little roadhouse bar and then and doing hunts from time to time. I'm like, Dean and that's what's so far he Dean deserved that. Dean deserved to have that. And I thought it was 
interesting change from his previous happy space to this new one. Um, and I just, I just really loved that little loop. Well, I'm, I think this is going to be a running theme through these. I'm going to disagree, <laughs> um, with some of it. Um, I had always wanted to see uh, Michael Dean. I had been wanting to see that for a long time, just because I was curious to see what it would look like. Um, we've seen, you know, as much as we talk about how great of an actor Jensen is, we've seen a lot of versions of a lot of the characters, but only a few versions of Dean. Um, I think, I don't know. Um and I just think it would have been, and I was looking forward to it. I was so excited that it was happening because I, like I said, I was so let down by a lot of this stuff. So I was like, oh, it's something to look forward to. Um, I honestly didn't even cringe at the fight scene because I was so excited when I saw the angel wings. I was like in awe. Um, yeah, the freeze frame with the eyes was cheesy. I do agree with that. Um, but now I'm going to say something. That will probably shock everybody. I didn't think Jensen was very good at doing Michael Dean. Um, <laughs> and I love Jensen so much. And I was so disappointed with the story. Um, I actually didn't think it went on long at all. I thought it was quite short and quite short, incredibly quick, as a lot of these storylines are. Um, but, yeah, I was I was really disappointed. I was. I was really disappointed. It was another little heartbreak there. Um, except for seeing, yeah, like you said, Meg, seeing Dean in his happy place was a good thing. Um, I did like the outfit. Um, I liked the hat. Um, I, I prefer his outfit, of course, as Demon Dean, but I did like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I surprisingly, I don't have much to say about it as a Dean girl, except for the fact that I was excited at first and then... I just didn't like how it happened, how it worked out. Okay. Um, I'm going to, oh, sorry, Polly, you want to add something? Just real quick. Anytime Dean gets to dress up is a gift. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. It doesn't happen very often, but, well, I mean, FBI agent stuff, but still, it's very, very, very true. Back in season three, when he got to dress up um, with Bella, when they went to the, that, yeah, I can't, that was that boat episode or whatever, but... <laughs> Yeah, he was, he looked really, really good. Hello, this is your host. Um, we are cutting this episode into two. So in the next episode in part two, which I am planning on releasing on the same day, so it should still be in your feed. We will be covering um, the final two seasons of Supernatural. So seasons 14 and 15. Okay. Um, and be sure to follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, any show notes, anything you would like to email us, feel free to reach out to us at It's a Fandom Thing Pod at gmail.com. So until next time, remember it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. <laughs>